I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. We are rereading the books, talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite moments, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. And this is our dive into the finale, episode 8 of the Wheel of Time TV show, The Eye of the World, written by... Rafley Judkins, also showrunner. That's who yes. that is. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Finale. So lots of things to talk about here, but oh, there's like a little bit of housekeeping before yes. we get into our stuff. So the first thing that I want to, and I'm excited about this. I am too. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do a call-in show uh, for our Patreon supporters. They will get an email. It's going to have a phone number. You call us, you leave us a voicemail, tell us your thoughts about this first season of the show adaptation, and we will put together an episode out of it. I don't want to promise we're going to use everything because I have no idea how many calls we'll get in it. Right. It could be like 14 hours long, which is not good for anybody. But anyway, it's an experiment. We'll see how it goes. So if you are a Patreon supporter, keep an eye out for that uh, if you would like to be patreon.com slash or bust it's a dollar a month that's it <laughs> uh okay so we're gonna do that so oh and then okay so preeti we were supposed to talk about this last time and then we forgot and i feel like it is very relevant to the continued like who can see what in terms I, of channeling so i think the pov thing is where this comes in i think we didn't see rand's channeling until we saw rand's perspective okay so That's my true. my argument is that POV matters in the show. But like so you're saying it's not the rule from the books where men can see men channeling and can feel if women are channeling and women can see women channeling but otherwise can't tell anything about men channeling. That's the rule in the books. I don't know if <laughs> every man can see every man channeling because I don't know that we've we haven't seen two men on screen at the same time who can both channel. Until this episode. Until this episode. And as far as women, I think women can feel it for sure because we saw that when Egwene, when Moiraine was like showing Egwene how to channel sort of in the woods or whatever. And she said, those first two were me, but those last two were you. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that they could not see. We, Moiraine said, you can't, we can't see Logan's channeling. Yes. That so was I declared. Think that's true. That like women, I, I meant she could see Egwene's because they're both women. Oh. Um, I don't think the women can see. I think we know that women cannot see men channeling. Right. Like, we know that 100%, right? Like you just right. said. Um, we don't know about men, though. We don't know if men can see, like, see. Because we also don't know if women can see other women's weaves. Although I would imagine they're going that, like, it will be that. Yeah. Right? I have no I mean, I don't know I don't how to tell. Know. The reason it's confusing in the show is because Logan says that line about it being bright like the sun after Nynaeve has done this crazy channeling. So, like, it's very confusing. Although that okay. could just be... A metaphor, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty pointed. I don't know. But anyway, all right, so okay, so we still don't know. We still don't know. We still don't know is the answer. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Okay, and then I had, I was thinking so much about 
like I was like, can people tell that that's Rand's mom? And everybody was like, yep, everybody can tell. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so what's happening in my brain right now? Because clearly, like, my brain is the issue. I mean, maybe not clearly, but, like, it does feel like that. And I was thinking about how I used to be the most, like, willing to suspend disbelief and just be along for the ride. Like you could sit me down in front of any movie, any book, whatever, drop me into the middle and I'll be like, cool, I'm here for the ride. And I was like, what happened to me? Where did that go? And you know what I really think is the pandemic because there is so much uncertainty and I am craving knowing what the hell is going on in life and I didn't realize how much that had impacted my ability to just go with a story until I started thinking about this just this past week so like that was a super interesting realization is that like it the fact that I'm so craving like real information and certainty and understanding in everyday life because of everything that's been going on the past two years now basically yeah um is has bled over into my ability to like go along for the ride with media I've just kind of lost it I've also I have noticed this with books in particular I've had a lot of trouble with pacing like if the pacing is I don't even know how to describe what the difference is but like some books I just haven't been able to read because I can't hang with the pacing Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's bad or wrong it's just I just for whatever reason can't focus on it for long enough to get into the story based on the way they have it paced out. So I guess what I'm saying is it is both interesting and kind of depressing to see what the pandemic has done to the way I consume media. It's a it's kind of a bummer. But I also think now that you have acknowledged it, maybe you like I think yeah. it'll help you be aware of it. Whether or yeah. not that shifts like your enjoyment right. or your ability, like we'll see. Yeah. But I think it'll change the way you interact with at least some stuff, at least like Absolutely. television or whatever it no, is, right? No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So it'll be, yes, I I will maybe be less blaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to put a word on it. Um, yeah, right. that was that was pretty funny, <laughs> I will say. All the comments were like, yeah, yes, duh, we knew. <laughs> like, all right. I, I can't absorb information in the same ways I used to. So like, if I hadn't read the books, I think I would have been confused. <laughs> but we won't know that, right? But we, we don't won't know. know that. We don't Perhaps know. Perhaps you wouldn't have been. Perhaps I wouldn't have been. Who can say? Who can say? Uh, <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about, man, this finale. I will confess, I had to watch this twice because it was so, I mean, not that I had like specific expectations, but it was so not what I was expecting. No, I agree. I wish I'd, I watched I watched it one and a half times. <laughs> it's been a it's been a busy week. Yeah, I, it's, yeah it's been yeah. a busy a busy week. And so well, I we're watched... on a time crunch because the holidays. So like everything yes. is complicated. Everything is complicated. Um, so I watched it one time and then watched like the first twenty or thirty minutes of it again. And I agree with you. I think it was so out of the realm of what I anticipated that at the end of it, I was like, I don't know how I feel. Yes. That is okay. Same page. I literally was like, I don't know what I think about this, which is why I, I I had enough time to go back and watch it again. And I still am a little bit like, I don't know. I do. Here's my, here's my theory about Uh this episode because right. Rafe Judkins wrote it. Yes. And I think 
or at least what I am getting from this is that this is him being like, y'all, like we've been sticking kind of close-ish to the books, but now we're going in new directions and like brace yourself is what I absorbed from this. Like, I'm going to make some choices. I'm going to change a bunch of things and it's not going to be what you think. I, I, yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I like that idea. I like, <laughs> I like your idea about what it could mean. I don't know how I feel about the if choices. That is Ra- yeah. I don't yeah. know if I, how I feel about if that is Rafe's intention. Or okay. Not. But, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I was looking forward to this conversation because I thought it would help me solidify something. Well, maybe by the end of this episode, we'll know what we think. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see how we feel. Yeah. Um, so, okay, wh- let's just get yeah, into it. let's uh, get into it. I will say this. I freaking love this cold open so much. <laughs> I, I loved it with one question. One issue. So, okay. Yeah. What was the issue? Well, so, okay. So we, so the cold open is it's 3000 years before yes. th- the events of the time that we're watching. Mm-hmm. And it's two Aes Sedai, a male Aes Sedai in a black uniform, and then mm-hmm. a woman in a white uniform. And they are speaking what I guess is supposed to be the old tongue. I think it's supposed to be the old tongue, which I quite liked the sound of, I should, I I want to say. Yeah, it sounded cool. Uh, And they are arguing, and it is a very, this is my problem with it. It is so back to like, and the men are the reason this sucks. Okay, yes, no. It's literally open. The very first line is him saying to her, so you would, you would split men and women into two separate factions. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) Well, no, but okay, here's the thing is I think on the surface that's what it is, but I actually don't think that's what it is no I actually think it's active versus reactive and they're framing it in the men versus women because that's what that's what the wheel of time is which is yeah but but I do think it's very much I watched that scene and was like I actually really liked how they present it because I didn't come out of it being on one side or the other Mm, like mm, we know what's true right like we know at the end of the day what happened and the uh, the women who are left being Aes Sedai blame the men however based on this conversation like it felt very much it just felt like two opposing points of view on what is best right Right. Luz Theron wants to get ahead of the threat deal with the threat handle the threat Mm -hmm. and he thinks that together they can do it right the the Tamerlan seat I know I saw that too I was like is that a typo in the like in the I I don't know in the captioning so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah call her the Tamerlan right but the Tamerlan seat wants to be reactive, serve where needed, mm-hmm. deal with like she says literally like pick up the pieces, right? Yeah, and I right. I really liked that it wasn't actually presenting it as men bad women good. It was presenting it as these were the two choices. These were the choices that were made for better or worse. Because yeah. who knows if she had agreed to help, like maybe right. it would have worked, right? Well, that, I definitely had that feeling. I did also love how despite that like the what they're saying is very like, well, men this and women that. Um the way that like at first I was like, oh, it's a couple. It wasn't a couple. No, like, it was not a couple. They're friends. Also the baby is the dudes, not yes. the women's. Like I delightful. That. Like okay, you're messing with expectations a little bit here, which I appreciate. I just wish I actually felt that this like gender binary showed up several times in this episode in a way I didn't love and I was like can't we not like of all the things you could lose like you changed so many things could you not have not leaned so hard into that one I I I don't know that it leaned like so hard I do think that they they to me this first scene felt like they did what they could knowing what the 
the base fact is of the book, right? Like knowing the base fact of that story. Yeah, yeah. Like how did that's that's a bigger paradigm shift I think for the show to mm. be able to do in eight episodes. Like I already am curious. Like one thing that I thought of while we were watching, which or while I was watching rather, not we together because <laughs> we're not in the same state, um, was I wonder. This is the first time I think I've watched an episode and have wondered how much was done for expediency because of the limited time run that they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it did feel, like, very full. And mm-hmm. very quickly, before we, like, move on from this cold open, yeah, I loved the look of it. Oh, I, I was going right? to say, it's so futury. There's hover cars and their yeah. outfits are really cool. The outfits, it's, like, the perfect blend yes. of the fantasy and, like, high fantasy and sci-fi. Agree. Hard right? agree. It's, like, it, it was, was, it was so really cool. good. It was really good. Yeah. I, I, I loved the, the, I feel, I, we bring it up almost every week, but the costume oh my God. on the show Impeccable. is so good. And I haven't seen any interviews or any essays, huh. and I want to read it yeah like I am not equipped to write it but I really want to <laughs> Hello, read it Hello, if you worked on costume design on the wheel of time and want to talk to us <laughs> yeah tweet at us or something like because slide we, into our dms we want to talk to you 100 percent. and also want to shout out Alexander Karim is playing Luce Theron mm. and I was kind of laughing because he's very handsome yes and I was like do I agree with him or is he just like really good <laughs> Am I swayed by your face or do I actually agree with you? No. Well, and then the other question I had actually that reminds me is that she literally says to him, if you do this, the dark one will corrupt men's power yes. and all men were go I was like, did they know that for real? Like that's pretty Well, I wonder if she knew that just because no no none of the women I said she wouldn't commit any of the women to going with him. Right. So it wouldn't impact and they know right. that the, there are two halves, right? Right. But do they know that, that that the dark one can I guess they know that the dark one can corrupt in this version. I, I don't mean know I guess that yeah. they knew that in the like books or not, but anyway. I don't know. Anyway, okay, moving was, on. It was a, a great, great cold it was open. A great generally open. speaking, a great cold open. Yes. 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 Um, then we're back with Rand and Moiraine after they've come into the blight. And <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of a moment of being like, This place is super creepy. Don't touch it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, there's like a gross dead body. There's like we get an explanation that the blight is the dark one's rot leaking out of his prison. And she makes this like very pointed remark about like young men in over their heads, which yeah, right? cracked me up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and then we cut right to Faldara, where Egwene is like packing, like it's clear she means to follow. Oh, I was so wrong. Side note, I had a prediction for this episode, and boy, was I wrong. Oh, that, yep, <clears throat> yep, <laughs> that they were gonna follow. So Egwene is prepping to follow, and she's like crying, and Perrin comes in, and of course, he's not on board because literally, Perrin's only job I know. in this TV show is to say, No, we can't anytime anybody I wants know. to do something, which they do kind of finally deal with in this episode do they sort do of they? sort of mm-hmm. i think so i don't think enough quite frankly fair given fair. what then ha- anyway we'll get to it um so yeah so and then they have this moment where you know he she's like are we okay and he says we'll always be okay and i'm just like all right whatever well no this to me was like further like further proof that that triangle was a non-triangle because <laughs> yes. she's like I love him and parent. I actually really oh, like yeah, this. this parent nice. says me too. I know that because was nice. That's what it is. Like at the end of the day, they both just really care about Rand, and, and that is just it. Just further proves that as like that whole scene didn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. 
Well, that's why it annoys me. I'm like, right. I just am so mad. No, I agree. Still. Um, so yeah, then it just kind of ends with them like not they mourning, hug. but like they're hugging and yeah. it's like, you know, comforting one another. Right, right. And then we switch back to Rand and Moiraine. They get to this point where they can see the Towers of Malkier. Yep. Which we have a brief moment of discussion about that. Like the blight is spreading. It didn't used to be this far, blah, blah, blah. And like um, it's it's like the, the towers look like ruins a thousand yes. years old. Yeah. And Moiraine's like, it's 40 years at best. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> okay, dang. That's rough. Um, and it was, this was a nice moment of Rand and Moiraine, I thought, because Rand is like, did it hurt to leave land behind? Uh, and she doesn't answer. She's like, here, eat some food. <laughs> right. Up. It's 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 like an answer in and of itself. But yeah. I think it's a great Rand moment. Yes. And a great, yes. like, I thought Yosha was quite good in this episode. <clears throat> I agree. Right? He he has so much to do and he's yeah. he just, like, fully commits. But mm-hmm. it also gives us this, like, in a way that they have purposefully pulled back on Rand because we know yeah. where they're going. And we talked about this earlier on where it was it felt very deliberate that they were not giving Rand the same attention that they were giving yeah. the other episode or the other characters. This is a moment where we really get to see kind of Rand's uh, I don't know if it's like instinct for the people around him or like the compassion or whatever it is, but like mm-hmm. he he didn't have to ask that of Moiraine, right? Like right, there, it, no. he just he could tell that was a a harmful and hurtful thing that she had to go through. And so he opens up the conversation in that way. Yeah. I also appreciated that for like, I think the first time in a while, Moiraine actually looks disheveled. Like you, like it looks like she is in the middle of this gross, creepy woods and her hair is kind of frizzed out and she's like a little bit dirty. And you're like, oh yes, like you are in the dirt. Like you, you don't get to see her like that very often. I don't know. I think they were pretty good about it in terms of like, like that struck me when, I didn't say this on the last episode, actually, and I meant to, but that struck me when they came out of the ways. Um, mm, is mm. she's definitely like that, and also I wanted to talk about the body language that the women have in this show and how mm. much I like it mm. because I don't think Moiraine holds herself in a way that is like strong woman, but I think she holds herself in a way that is sturdy and grounded. I agree. Right? And yeah. it's very different than how Egwene holds herself, and it's very different from how Nynaeve holds mm. her. Well, like, Nynaeve, there's mm. so much tension and yes. fury when she's walking <laughs> and moving. Like, I just really like, like, how specific even it gets to that level. Yeah. Like, that was so, so cool. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I guess this is the first time just for me that I really noticed, like, Moira. They're, they're both very dirty. In yeah. <laughs> and it's great. Like, they're sweaty. And I'm just like, this is perfect. Like, yes. this is exactly right. There's this no, exactly there's, right. there's like, no uh, faux beauty here. No. And, like, it just really brings home, like, how rough everything is right now and how like gross it is in the woods and like it just felt right it just felt correct i agree yeah so then we're back Uh, to faldaran i know oh my god he says the thing he says it i know my notes are just like oh my god stop like i can't i love so much that so okay so she comes to him and she's worried and she's like da 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 i didn't i have to say i didn't like that she says, I didn't actually track you. Yeah, I don't. This whole I thing doesn't hold water for me because she, what she, she, like, Lan is like, she, she met Moira Mass the Bond. I can't follow her. And she's like, well, I didn't follow you. I followed Moira. She has a tell I can show you. And I'm just like, that's, 
that was a little like, woo woo weak sauce like yeah explanation. like what was like hell? a little like we need to figure out how to get <laughs> exactly. land there until we use this but yeah i'm fine i'm fine honestly i'm fine with like you want to do that fine my issue is like there's a way to do it without diminishing her abilities yes i agree with that like they could have been like i actually tracked both of you like right. i can tell you what her tell is yeah it, that like that would have been, been so much better right without being like i didn't actually track it like no yeah. she did right. she did track him <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Don't ruin our canon. Um, so like then she like does that. And then, oh, God, they have that conversation oh, where it's like moment. she's like a wisdom doesn't wet and like blah, blah. But, but she's like because she's like, I'm going to but I'm going to go to the White Tower. Yeah. Which has such weight to it because right? we know how strongly she feels about yes. the die and we have a reason for it. And so for her to be like, okay, but if I go to the White Tower. Then, oh, God. He, oh. says, he says the line says of the like, line. when you find someone, I will hate him for having you, but love him for making you happy or whatever it is. And you're just like, Daniel, honey, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much. It's so much. And they have this like beautiful, sad, like moment. Oh, oh God. I can't. My even. heart. I know. I know. Woo. And then we're, oh, this, yeah, I loved this. this I loved sequence. it. I loved it. So we're, we're in dram, dram, Rand <laughs> dream sequence number one. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, where he like kind of like wakes up and there's moss covering his hand. And, and Maureen has this moment where she's like, what was it? Dreams Dreams have great portent. We're so close to the dark one, blah, blah. And then a sword from the back of her head comes Ugh. through her mouth and it's disgusting. Ugh. And she so falls gross. over and behind her is Balzaman with his burning eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rand shoots him in the face with an in the eye with an in arrow the eye. from like point blank range. Yes. And he like pushes it. This was kind of cool. He pushes it into his eye. And, like, with it comes this sort of mask. And now we see the actor who has been cast as Baalzaman, who is perfect. Side Can you find, could you find his name? I looked. They don't have episode oh. eight on IMDb yet. Oh, no. no um, I haven't and been so able I to could, see it. I, and it was too, like, Google was like, I don't understand what you're searching for. Because I kept, <laughs> I was like, Wheel of Time, Dark One, Actor. And they're like, do you mean Rand? And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't mean Rand. I do not mean Rand. So I, I couldn't find the, the actor's name. But he is very very good. Yeah, he's great. And side note, costuming, he is in the outfit. Yes. Uh, yes. That's very similar to the outfit from the cold open, like design. But the wise. jacket is open and like yes. doesn't have the like the pin or the embroidery. I can't remember what it was on the Yeah, the yeah, yeah. chest. Um It's so good. It's it's very good. And so he's sort of like I feel like he really did quite like <laughs> channel <laughs> quite yeah. well the um the dark one from the books and how he has this like condescension and frustration at Rand not being Luz Theron. Mm. Where like, I, I feel like in the books, like the dark one's always like just a little pissed off that he's right. not actually talking to Luz Theron. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that came through very strong. Yeah, it's a great performance. And uh, so, yeah, so he starts, like, taunting Rand. He's like, do you even have yeah. a plan? Like, I see you in there, Luz Theron. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, and he's like, you know, last time you came with 99 of your fellow Aes Sedai. This time you have one. Like, what's what are you doing? And, you know, he talks about uh, Tam, the shepherd, not being like, he's like, whatever. That's, like, not even your dad. 
Right, right. Which, okay, this scene confused me. Okay. Because Rand was sort of acting like this is new information to him, but doesn't, didn't we like hash this through with Min last episode? I think that this is just Rand. There is a consistency in the books of Rand being unwilling to admit it mm. and being unwilling to confront the fact, right? He doesn't okay. do it until the fourth book. Right. Like right. until he gets to the Aeol and, and the Shadow Rising, like he doesn't tr- ever like fully commit to this mm. idea that Tam is not his father. Mm. His repetitive refrain is like, no matter what, Tam is my dad. Tam right. is my dad, right? right. Like, okay. And I think Fair that enough. was that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he like he he like keeps saying it's a dream. Oh, and then I he's know. oh, and then there's the Heronmark sort of call out, which yes. felt significant. But then again, we don't we don't get any more of the sword this episode. So like, I have no idea what's going on with the sword at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, because he like points the sword at the dark one, and the dark one's like, oh, a Heronmarked blade, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you for continuing to tell us that's important, but not... But not show us why. But not show us why. Um, but it and was then, a cool scene. And then Rand stabs himself yes! in it the was, gut to wake up. It was awesome. Oh. It was awesome. Oh. I, I, I confess, I was pretty stressed out because I was like, no, you can die in dreams. Like, I'm shouting from, like, my book knowledge. <laughs> like, don't kill yourself in a dream. But it was fine. He woke up. And then yeah. and then he repeats the conversation with it, Moira. Which was great, I thought. It was so good. Right? It was, like, yeah. eerie. And I was like, oh, my God, is this going to happen again? I know. I know. It was very stressful. It was. It was. But so, so yeah, she asked him what. Moirin asks him, like, what did he say to you? And Rand says, I don't believe a word he said. And then they kind of, like, stomp off. And then Rand is like, okay, but then what is the plan? Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked that, too, yes. where he's just like, what is our plan? Like, we're going into the blight, and you always have a plan. Yeah. What is it? And Moirin is just like, what did he say to you? Right. Like, what what is going on? And so they have this thing where Moirin's like, well – we're going to get there. You're going to fight him and then make sure he goes back down underground for 3,000 years. And I, Yosha Sudowski gives her this like heartbreaking little smile and says, just that? Yeah. And then his face falls. And I was just like, oh my God, Rand, I, why, I like you so much right now. What is happening? I know. <laughs> it's so, it is. It's such a good moment. I also really, so this is where she pulls out the Sa Angriol and explains yeah, to Rand. Well, because what he asks, is. just before that, right, he says, like, you thought it would be Egwene? No, this or is, is that after? She does that before. It's after. It's after. Okay, so, okay, yeah, okay, she, yeah. in the course of, like, the what is the plan, she's like, you're going to start channeling. Right. And you're going to channel into this. And then you put the dark one back in his cell or whatever. And then, yeah. And then after the moment, he's like, oh, it's just that easy. And then they, they're walking again. And he's like, you thought it would be a queen. Oh, and then he I says, know. I did, too. And you're I like, know. oh, it's oh, so God. true. It was so good. Because it's it's just like he he knew he like believes in her power so much yeah and her abilities so much that it's just like oh god yeah yeah poor boy poor boy seriously so then so then we switch scenes again Nynaeve is standing on the balcony she's got her eyes closed and she's listening and Egwene comes up and is like what do you hear this I don't know what to make of this uh, Nynaeve says that since she channeled for the first time she can't hear the wind anymore. 
and then asks Egwene what she hears, and Egwene can hear the wind just fine and has channeled. So, like, I don't know. I think is this, this like is like a Nynaeve block situation. Yeah, this is a Nynaeve needs angry, like needs anger or some big thing to be able to channel, is mm. how I read it. Because we know that that is Nynaeve's issue. Right, 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 right. So that that's how I read it, is that so, like, she was not able to tap into it because she's not angry or emotional. But she used to be able to tap into it. Which is accurate for the books too right like she used to be able to do it because it was instinctual it wasn't something Uh. she was thinking about and then the minute it became something she started learning Mm. she couldn't do it without being emotional interesting I never thought about it quite that way but that's great I like that uh, oh, right. So then Egwene hears, but she says, like, oh, she starts hearing all these eerie noises, and she says it's the same thing as Beltine, but, like, worse. Worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we go back to Rand and Moiraine. And I, I will say, it occurred to me at this point, this is when I wrote this note down, that, like, in once we get into, like, you know, books two plus, there's a lot of Rand-Moiraine relationship that happens right like the two of them specifically and while this is not the same as that relationship I did really appreciate like the the show has accelerated so many different things and I really loved accelerating in this sequence like I actually ended up being on board with it just being the two of them doing this because you get this great like start Mm -hmm. of what I think will end up being more of a relationship between the two of them yeah I agree I think that this definitely is not the same Moiraine we know from the books. And the the, sh- yeah. and the show has actually been very smart in yeah. making sure that it's not the same Moiraine. Mm-hmm. And so in this scene, Rand is like, can you teach me how to channel? And Moiraine is like, I can't. <laughs> right. Like, I, I literally cannot do it. And then she tells this horrible oh story. My God. Which I was not I was on like, board with this. I nope. was really not. I was just like, okay. And the whole story is about how this awful Aes Sedai used to like abuse her with the power until Moiraine was able to protect herself Ugh. through instinct. And like that's <sighs> basically, I think she's trying to uh, allay some of Rand's fears here because yes. she's like, I like, she literally is not in a position to teach him how to channel because she. Right cannot teach a man how to channel right and so she's like but don't worry your body will do it <laughs> and, and like, here's he's like but how do you know and she's like well here's how and i was like they could have they could have gotten to this point a different way yeah like, i don't know why they were just like and here's how i was horribly abused at the white tower seriously <laughs> okay. like, fuck yikes. up i was yeah yikes is literally what i have written in my notes <laughs> It's like, this is not, I'm not on board with this update. No, please, no, please, no. But I mean, if we leave that aside for a second, like you do see this. The relationship growing. Yeah, exactly. It's It's a growth moment for the two of them and sort of like establishing some like, Shared ground and trust and whatever. Um, and he's been so up and down with her yes. throughout the season. And now we know why. And it's yeah. part of it was he was afraid. And he was right. afraid of what she was going to do. And so he was pushing against her uh, in that way. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to see that anymore, which is kind no. of nice. Yes, which is great. Because <laughs> there's so much of that in the books. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice, again, to see him recognizing that she's in a position to help and he should use it yeah although we'll we'll see where that goes well yes totally uh so then we switch back and we are with min who is in the Mm -hmm. bar and 
Egwene and Perrin and Nynaeve and Loyal come in demanding answers. They like want to know what she saw, if Rand will be okay. And she's like, y'all need to like step back and like, yeah. And then she starts seeing things. Oh my goodness. This was so stressful. It was very stressful. She sees Nynaeve's like face burning off and her falling to her knees. She sees a bunch of like soldiers in various states of like, uh, pain and and broken limbs and bloody faces yeah um it's very unsettling yeah and then the horns sound there are these horns that sound yep and we switch then to back to rand and moiraine who are in the blight who also hear the horns and they see that there's a bunch of trollocs like headed for the gap Mm -hmm. and uh and she's like well we have to like keep going like the only way to help them is to keep going yeah, she's like this we cannot do anything for them from right. here. Like we just have to defeat the dark one and right. then they will be defeated. Yeah. And then we switch to Amelisa and Agomar mm-hmm. talking about the numbers and how there's like And you know, how furious all the like soldiers around him are. I love it. Yes. They're like, I'm gonna fucking kill everybody. Uno, Uno is <laughs> Uno's like so good. MVP as always. I know, right? <laughs> oh, so good. And then we hear that like ropes have been cut. There's dark friends, like they know there are dark friends in the keep. Um and, and like how how much they'll have to send their entire force basically yeah. to aid the the men at the gap and Amelisa's like what about the city <laughs> yeah she's like super she's super not well because she has been this. saying yes for yes. a while like yep. she's been telling her brother like mm-hmm. their numbers are growing we should send for aid like yep. and and they didn't yep yep and then we switch back to Rand and Moiraine who have found a giant terrifying pit in the ground. Well, it's a step well, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I don't know what you, that is. So the step wells, they're, uh, I know them because there are a lot of them in India. Um, huh. But you know the, like when it's not so dark like that, that was like black stone. Yeah. But you see these stairs that go in crisscrossing sections all along the four corners. Mm. It's like an irrigation technique, I think. Oh. But they look really cool. Yeah. No, I mean it did it's it was very scary because it was full of like dark stone and like creepy crawly vines and things. Mm-hmm. Um and this is the eye of the world. Right. So this is the eye of the world. And Rand is like, I recognize this. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said that anybody who goes to the eye of the world who's oh, not the I dragon know. will die. Like, does that include you? And there's this is such a great moment between the two of them. He's like, I'll, you stay here. I'll go. And she's I just know. like, and walks in front of him down. I know. <laughs> but it was so, it's so perfect for it both of them. Is. Oh, I loved it. I loved it a lot. I did. Yeah. It's a great, again, like the Rand and Moiraine relationship in this episode is strong. It's doing a good plus. things. It's, a plus. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. Um, then we're back with Agomar and Amelisa. Nope, nope. nope. There's nope. a brief moment where Lan is running through the blight oh, right. and sees the time. It's just like five seconds. It's very short. I genuinely don't know what it's doing there except to remind us that Lan is going Lan is in the blight and he like takes this pause moment to look at the towers of Malkir and then it and then and now we're back to Amelisa and Agomar I I I kind of like I understand why they needed to do it this way but I was a little disappointed in how little Lan got to do oh 100% 100% like a little bit of a bummer even though I totally like 
based on the way they wrote the episode and the way the yes. plot were like there's no other way they could have done it for land right they needed him out of the way basically yeah. for everyone <laughs> exactly so. and so like i get it like they couldn't ha- like unlike that moment with Nine where i was like there's another way they could have done this there's yes. literally i can't think of another way they could have done this not with the choices that they made no exactly yeah yeah, so Amelie's and Egomar, they're, like, reminiscing and talking about, like, their father did this and that. And Amelie's is like, yeah, but this is too many more. And, like, you know, they finally do get this to this moment where they've been, like, going back and forth about, like, the men will do this and then the women will do that. This was another moment where I was like, all right, I get it. Like, I, have- Yeah, this was a little, like, Ugh. okay, but why, though? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you could have used any other words. Like, the soldiers will do exactly. this. Exactly. And, and, like, there were so many other options. Like the first, the first outfit will do this. The second outfit will do that. Exactly. Like that's, that's all you have to it, do. You don't have to gender it. It's very frustrating. That, I anyway. agree with you. I agree. Yeah. And so, but then finally, Agamar is like, you are correct. Like, yes. you were right all along. We should have asked the tower for aid. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to die. So our job is to warn everybody else and hold out for oh, as long I as did. we can. And I was it like, was, oh, my God. It was a great moment. It was really heartbreaking. But I thought it was a great character moment for both yes. of them as well. Right. And they have that conversation about, like, their father and his armor. Um, yeah. It was really, like, this was a great little world building moment that didn't feel mm-hmm. expository. And it didn't feel like it didn't fit. Like, I wasn't no. upset that they were taking the time for this. And also – her outfit is so cool. Oh yeah, she is. She is among the best dressed. I think for like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, real good. Really, really awesome. But so it's of course the men will go to the gap and the women will mm-hmm. protect the city. Right, right. Uh, so then we switch back to Random Moiraine, and uh, Moiraine is or no, is Rand asking her what was this place? Oh yes, that's right. So Rand yep. asked Moiraine like what was this place, and this was a weird line to me too. She says we have no idea the the tower records were purged by dark friends. Yeah, was that was like, interesting. Okay. Like that seems like it's going to be huh. significant at some yep. point. Yes, it does. Because that's super different from the book Eye of the World. They know exactly what the Eye of the World is in the book. Yeah. So this was just like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's asking him, what do you remember? And he has this great little like talk about like how it's like a puzzle. And he like sees this flash Mm -hmm. of himself as Luce Theron fighting Baalzaman. It's really cool, actually. It's super. It's a super cool moment. It's a super cool moment. And it's I like how they're introducing this idea of Rand having this other person in his head. It doesn't feel quite so. It feels like a smart way for the show to have introduced it without pulling too much into the first to the first season. Mm. Um, Because we're going to get I think we're going to get a not a slow, but I think the next season will have more of that descent. Like they're they're queuing up the madness a lot. Right. And so we'll get that descent because it it launches it as something Rand can use and be heroic with. And I think it'll mm. be a fun a fun little like twist to give him some darkness in the next season. Well, and it also sort of embodies Luz Theron in a way that didn't mm-hmm. yeah. happen in the books. Like it Luz Theron is a voice in Rand's head that he doesn't know whether or not is real. Whereas yeah. like here we are like literally seeing a very different looking actor, right? And yep. um which is commented on in the show. And he yes. is an external presence that Rand can like see his past. Well, from self. Rand POV, right? Yes, Do we exactly. get Yeah, it's Rand POV, he can see it. So he yes. knows. Like you said, he knows it is Luz Theron. Um, right, 
It's a different person, which I actually quite like. Yeah, I do too, because it's it's going to shift that quote idea of madness away Mm -hmm. from like I don't know if I can believe this to like there is another person inside my head, right? Who is pushing me towards things? I also I didn't say this. Well, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's a callback to Logan too. Yes, we saw these like you know presences outlined by the power, right? They weren't actors; they were like presences outlined by the power, sort of faceless. But he was like, "The past dragons tell me things." Yes, so I think this is a callback to that in a way, but different, right? Yeah, different to be like real deal. This is the real thing, right? That was not the real thing, right? Um, that's so smart. I didn't think of that. That's a really smart, subtle way to remind the audience that even though they've been sort of like cagey about who the dragon is like they're mm-hmm. like no this is this is the dragon reborn like rand right. is the dragon reborn um i meant to say it earlier but i liked that we in that 3000 year cold open that we didn't have to watch lose there and lose it and murder oh. everybody god i was thinking about that too i was like oh there's no eliana in here yeah like, we're i not was gonna 100 okay with that <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Not another dead wife. Thank I- you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that, but I agree. I <laughs> hardest of agrees in that sense. Oh, all right. Okay, so now we get to some, like, really interesting stuff. So Rand is, like, r- saying, like, oh, and there was a battle, and this, this, there was this symbol, and he looks down, and, like, there's the symbol, and he touches the seal, and we mm-hmm. get Rand dream sequence number two. Yep. He's Back like on a farm. Home? Yeah. There's like a cradle in the house and he's just like, what is happening? He like comes outside and he finds Egwene playing with a baby, mm-hmm. um, which this whole thing I was like, oh, they took Egwene's vision from her yes! thing and just twisted it and gave it to Rand, which yes! I'm like, I'm okay with. Like, yeah. I love that Rand, like, I love that they gave this to Rand. Mm. actually well it feels more correct which actually comes up in basically this scene yeah um like because this is this is Rand's dream not Egwene's so I have a very quick question oh yeah this is this is Min's vision right like when he or at one point during this dream sequence um he holds the baby oh and is this the vision that ran that Min saw in which case what does that say about Min's visions That it's not something that actually happened. It's something that could have happened but is happening to Rand in the dream. So in my memory, and I would have to go back and watch to be sure. I didn't think of this until you just brought it up. The baby that he, like, this is like a... This is like a, like, not a baby baby. Like, this yeah, is like, like a couple, like a, you know, like a, not quite a toddler. Yeah, but like, maybe like, not so far off from one, like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, and I felt like the baby that Rand was holding was like a baby that was like swaddled and like in like cloth. Maybe, and like, yeah, it you might be different right, because now memory, I can't remember. But I can't, I could not be sure. So it could be either, honestly. It could be. Like our theory about past self Rand baby. Yeah. It could yeah, be yeah, this yeah. baby. Like it could be a different again baby. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, maybe her visions with Rand are just all kinds of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who I knows? I would believe it. I would believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, right. So so this is like his dream is he's, he's married to Egwene and they have a baby whose name is Joya who's adorable. Very cute baby. So cute. And yeah, it's like, it's everything he's wanted. And, of it, you know, it anyway. Okay. So, but then it, we switch again. I, want, I have, like, more words about that, but they don't come yet. 
Yeah, it'll come in the in the second part, which now you're going to this is where my notes document just ends. <laughs> okay. So you moving forward, you're going to guide this conversation okay. Okay. of what happens when. <laughs> it's fine. I have nine pages of notes. For very, this very happy. So, <laughs> so Moiraine, we're back to the seal and the, mm-hmm. the step well. Uh, thank you for this word knowledge. Now I feel like excited about that. Um, so, yeah. And Moiraine is trying to wake up Rand and Baalzaman appears. And <laughs> this, this, this was intense. So she immediately tries to like stab him with many icicles of power Yes, and he and like of course fucks her up with oh. the power and shields her. Oh. Like, it's my this, heart like oh. dropped into my stomach. Yeah, it's really intense because you see the briefest flash of like her being outlined with a net, like again back to Logan, like like they did with Logan, um, creating this net of the power in her. But he does this weird like finger thing. Yeah, and it's it and sh- and you see like all of this power streaming into her. Like it's like, it's like yep. being sucked back into her chest. And then he does this like snap thing. And she like, looks like she's been stabbed in the gut. Basically. Yeah. It's awful. And it is not something that happens to Moiraine in the books. No. So this is where things start to go really. I mean, it's already really different, but now it gets but like, like even different. Yes. Um, even different. <laughs> the wheel of time. The wheel of time. <laughs> their new tagline you can have it for free prime um what i want to pause and say here is that balsamon's power is white it is not black well so why because it wouldn't be right it's he is not he uses the one power but he uses he corrupts the one power in others but this this manifestation of him or was he just using thing about it was he just using her power? Is that even possible? Like, no. So anyway, this is a question I have because if if the if if this is if this Balzaman is the book Balzaman, it's not the dark one, right? Like we know it's not actually the dark one. Yeah, it's Ishmael, but they ha- that has not been established for the show yet. It has not, so we don't know. But his power is white. Is the thing I just want to call out because I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't know either. So okay. Okay, so then we switch scenes again. Now the Trollocs are at, at the Gap Fortress gate. And Agalmar and like 12 other people are Yeah, are riding it horses like, into the... it, it's like it's like it's it's a little bit more, but it does look quite funny yeah. in, in the context of the number of Trolloc forces we're seeing. And I know they're like, there's only like four guys here to who to can fight them. Right. You're um, like, okay. There was a little bit of too much weight on this like battle thing for how it oh, ended up going. 100%. Right? Where I was like all right, we could have cut at least like oh. one or two of these scenes. I also think I think it it gets more it looks m- more silly later on, but like yeah. they're like it doesn't look like enough tro- people are like it's 10,000, it's 20,000. I'm like there's like maybe 100. <laughs> like it doesn't Yeah, it's it's not they somehow missed the boat on get, like giving a feeling of the immensity of the forces around Yeah, I I think the problem is is that they did such a good job of showing us the expanse of the borderlands. Yeah. And what the gap looks like and all that. And it's massive. Yeah. So then any force they put into it <laughs> is going to look teeny I tiny. I didn't think about that, but you're right. That's a good call. That's a good call. Um. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so so the Agumar is getting to the fortress. And then back at Faldara, they are organizing defense 
sense is there are a lot of women in, with weapons, like running around doing things. Um, Amelisa is wearing her father's armor, which it's I thought was awesome. awesome. Yes, I thought that was super badass. So good. Yes, yes. And we see Min, who kind of looks disguised, right? She's like brushed her yeah. hair differently. Yes. And she's, she's clearly trying to sneak away. Yeah, she's sneaking out. They, they have the gates open so that, you know, the foreigners can leave, as Amelisa says, but all of the women and like children of Faldara are going to stay to defend the city and Min's like nope I'm out <laughs> like bye um and and then they start back in the like throne room uh Uno and oh I cannot remember his name is it I don't remember. Katoya? It's like something I can't remember. I anyway, can't remember. this other dude. Yeah, this was wild, this right? This was wild. They start smashing up underneath the throne, and you're like, what is happening? What is going on? Is going I did on? not see that coming. No, no, me neither. So then we switch again, and we are back out at the gates, and Egwene and Perrin and Nynaeve are arguing about leaving. Which, like, okay, yeah, guess, guess again, what? Again, we guess what can't wants just to do. leave. <laughs> um... And Egwene, of course, is the one who's like, like, who's like, mm, we should help. Yeah. And Nynaeve, we kind of get a repeat of yeah. Rand's speech from the last mm-hmm. episode, which is like, I can't lose any of you again. I was, I came to protect the four of you. And right. Th- that feels more real to me in terms of like, at least Nynaeve is like, there is a real intensive yes. motivation there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then Loyal comes up and is like, they're looking for women who can channel. yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) so then oh there's so many quick switches then we switch back to the gap where they're making their defense and we see like some fades and trollocs and again it doesn't look like as many as it should as it feels like it should look like but whatever yeah uh, oh, and then we see Amelisa and two other women standing alone mm-hmm. on the giant plane that's between the city and the gap. See, literally, I feel like all they needed to do was show Agomar and his forces riding out uh-huh. and then having the big scene exist as the big scene. Yeah. Like, right? Right. We didn't like, need we didn't all the need splicing. All, all and... these, like, teeny tiny cuts. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, in this cut, uh, Nynaeve and Egwene show up, and there was this good line where Amelie is like, oh, Moiraine's too. And Nynaeve is like, we are no ones but our own. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. She's like, do not dare. <laughs> How dare you? Rude. Rude. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was good. Uh, and then we cut, oh, God, to Perrin and Loyal. Uh, let me just say that the show has completely, the show has found a version of Perrin I cannot get on board with. They have completely ruined him for me. I do, it's, I'm, I'm giving them some leeway here because Perrin, when you are not in his head, no, I does know. not have a lot going on. I have to imagine there is a real reason they did not focus more on the wolves and that they are saving that for ne- the next season. Yeah. Um, because without the wolves in that first book, yeah, there's not really a lot going on for him. Even in the take away the wolves, even in the second and the third book, he's just sort of mad. Well, I, and brooding. I, I have to say that, and again, we have the benefit of POV in the books. The but huge benefit of yes, POV. Yes, huge benefit. I will agree. But he is, he's not, 
I think this is the distinction the show didn't make, which frustrates me. I don't actually think he's that broody, especially in the first book. He's thoughtful. He's slow. He is thoughtful and slow. You're right. You're right. He's not brooding though. He like doesn't have that. Like Rand has all the brooding. No, you're right. Doesn't brood. You're right. And what they've done to him in the show is basically paralyzed his character with trauma, so that all he can do is is brood. brood. And it's really a bummer. It's such a bummer. You're right. So anyway, Perrin is yelling about now he's yelling about how like I'm just gonna stand here. I don't know what like he, like he's done anything for eight episodes. I but this know. is a great loyal moment. It's a great. Well, that's the thing moment. is like yeah. this is I think the Perrin stuff was building to this, mm. which is loyal being like just just fucking ask, man. <laughs> just know. ask somebody what they need. Yeah. Like you just. You just have to ask. I liked it for Loyal, but I don't think it significantly changes anything that happens next with Perrin. So I'm still uh, yeah. not really We'll on see. Board. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, okay. So then we switch again back to uh-huh. Rand and the dream baby and Egwene. Yep. And this is where he starts asking Egwene questions. Yep. And, and this is her. We see that this is after their adventure. Yes, yes. She, he's like, "How long have we lived here?" And she says, "Since we got back from the Eye of the World." Which you're like, "Oh, baby, oh my god." I know. That's... And he sort of like tries to test her. Yeah, yeah. And is like, "Do you remember when we like, like, were kids and we ran away from home and it's like, what did we?" Whole long story. It's just, like very like clearly like, look, we have history. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what did we carve into the tree or something? Yes. And yes. she has she has the right answer. Mm-hmm. And he, God, it, this moment was, like, really heartbreaking, heartbreaking where he's just like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. Like, you're real. And then he kisses her, and you're just like, oh, my <laughs> poor baby. Oh, it's true. And then everything freezes. Yep. And Baalzaman comes into the dream. Yep. Whew, and is like, you know. Did no one tell you what you can do? Like, you can make the world whatever you want. Yep. And then we switch again. We switch back to Baalzaman and Moiraine. And and Moiraine is like, you didn't think I came to this just with a power, right? And she pulls this freaking dagger out. And like, it's like a lot. It's like, I was like, is that like a mini sword? Like, that is a huge knife. Um, And she holds it to Rand's throat. Yep. And she's just like, I'm prepared to choose for him. Basically. Which is great. <laughs> such a good moment. It's such a good moment because they've built it up so well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, even as much as I've, like, we love the Ran Moiraine relationship oh, as yeah. it's building in this episode, like, 100% like, fully believe this moment. Yeah, this is who Moiraine is. Like, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. So then. We go back to Perrin and Loyal, who find the guys prying up the throne room mm-hmm. and are like, how can we help? And so they like hand him the pick. And so they start to help dig up the throne room. We still don't know why. Yep. And then we still have the battle uh, at the Gap Fortress. It's like, yep. It's starting to get dark. Like, okay. And then the Trollocs start breaching the arrow slits. Now this is where shit gets real. Agilmar takes a spear through the chest. Ooh, Yep. And then the scene switches. Like, we don't even get, like, I don't even know. I was like, wait, is that really the end of Agomar? Like, like, is that it? That's not what happens in the book. 
It's just like cut, 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 yeah. cut. And then you don't get the impact of the moment. No, no. It's hard. And yeah, it's hard. It was. It was very hard. So then we switch back to Balzaman and Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is where like Balzaman starts fucking with him. He's like, he like slits Egwene's throat with the power and then fixes yeah. it. And like is like taunting Rand basically. And it's just like, you can do anything. It's a, it's all, you know, it's it's uh, temptation. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it's Rand's moment of like, great temptation of like this is the life you could have this is what you want Mm -hmm. you can make I I will like the idea that he's like you can make this yeah yeah like I'm not giving this to you like I am giving what I am giving you is agency right to to create whatever you want Ooh, that just gave me chills Preeti that's a great way to put it agency (laughs) oh my god yeah and there's this big pause and Rand is like how do I make it real right and the Elzaman gets this like little sly smile on his face and you're like oh dang like oh my god and then we switch back to Balzaman and Moiraine who are having their stare down and Moiraine starts to push on the knife yeah and like you get a little blood and you're like oh my god I really for a moment was like they're gonna kill Rand I was I did I was not like, know they're gonna, they're gonna kill Rand this is the- and the show's gonna go off the rails this was the part I was like this is already so like especially with Aglomar dying you're like I'm like I don't I don't fucking know what's gonna happen. Yep. I'm like, I have no idea what's going <laughs> or on. Or I was like, either she's gonna kill Rand or Rand's gonna be the dark one and they're gonna, <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, Egwene's gonna be the chosen oh one. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I would watch that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right, so then we're, we're back. This is another quick cut. We go back to Faldara. There's somebody is knocking on a door, giving a passcode, and the door opens, and it's Patton Fade. Freaking Patton Fade! And two fades. Yep. Promptly kill the women who opened the door. This was a little confusing to me. Because um, yes. I was I was like, who what's happened? Yes. Like where are you? Hundred percent. They're like somewhere, you know, in some room some gated room i don't know yeah right and, and then the we dungeons? switch again immediately uh to the throne room where they have like gotten down far enough the parents like what are we by the way what are we doing what is up? this and we get the reveal it's a freaking horn of valir <laughs> what right and they're Which like it, it makes sense yeah totally i mean we did know okay so in the books right the horn of valir is in faldara right like that's mm. true from the books isn't, isn't it? It? Oh, no, no, the, the horn is at the eye. You're right. The, green the horn man. is in the eye. Shit, you're right. Yeah, the horn is yeah. at the eye. Okay, so in And this- when it gets to Faldara, they're like, we actually don't want this right. here. <laughs> you're right. Okay, so yeah, so this is a big change. They have like yeah. had it buried underneath their throne for who but knows it, how long. It works, I think. Like this is yeah. a change that I'm like, based on the story you're telling and the version you are telling of it, like this makes sense. Right, right. And there's this great moment where they're like, oh, you need it to win the last battle. And parents like, all right. They're like, no, no, no. It's not for us. It's like, not for us. It's for the dragon. We we are not Boromir here. Right. But it was. It, oh, nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting, I think, that this is signaling that, like, at least in Shinar, they're like, yep, the dragon. Like, that that's mm-hmm. a thing. That's a dude that we're, like, waiting for to help out. We're going to get yeah. this horn out for him because we know he's coming. Yeah. And you're like, All I mean, right. it, it makes sense for who what they yes, represent totally. right, in the show. I did have like a slight moment where I was like, I'm going to be really mad if Perrin blows this horn. 
I was like, I will oh, be furious. Same. I was like, wait, did did they get mad out of the way and then Perrin's gonna blow the horn? Yeah, like, I was I was about to get real pissed off. Yeah, that you that, do not take that from Matt. Well, well, who knows? Though? I know. I, I think mean, we they still will, don't know. Even though that moment is so funny and yeah. so good. Yeah. All right. So then we switch again. The yep. Trollocs have breached the Gap Fortress. Yep. And Amelisa. Now, okay, I have some issues, but I like okay. I like Amelisa's character here. I yep. get her motivation. The yep. problem I have is that we have been told she is not a full Aes Sedai. Yeah, this was a little weird to me. So but it's like also... she knows how to link. She knows how to wield all this power. I'm like, how much? Like, how? But what this did, is not a full Aes Sedai. Can you remember what Moiraine said to so her? So she doesn't say specifically. She says something like, you trained for, with us for a long time, but your power wasn't great enough to become does a full she, sister. She does say that, that she her power wasn't that. great yes, enough? Yes, she says that her power wasn't great enough. Because it's, part of me is like, did Amalisa make the choice to come back to the Borderlands? Oh, that's interesting. And be the person, like be the protector she wanted to be for the Borderlands because it was more about that than it was about the White Tower. I mean, I feel like like you're doing a lot of lifting. I am doing a lot of lifting. So I would accept that headcanon, but I don't think that's what the show has told us. The show has implied that like Amalisa wasn't good enough to be an Aes Sedai. Sedai. And yet here she is like Pulling, like, pu- Although, like linking with these other yes. like, five women, none of whom are Aes Sedai either. Okay, but counterpoint, mm. what the show has told us is that she can use the power. Yes, we've and seen she her can use it. use it easily. And well, to light fires, like all yeah, we've but seen we don't know candles. Yeah, yeah, no, but all at once in one go, and okay. we don't know. What that means, we don't know what that means for her power level. We know that Moiraine has said this thing, right. and that Amelisa's uh, Amelisa's reaction was, "I stand for my, I will do what is best for Faldara." Right, right. Like that is what we know, right? So, yeah. like, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, but I do agree it feels that a little bit the show stretch. should have been clearer. Yeah, if yeah. that was their intention. Right. So, anyway, she can do a lot for not having graduated. Um, <laughs> and she is like sucking in like loads of power. I did like to see how like first Egwene's like strands of power going from her to Amelisa were a little bit brighter, and the Nynaeves were like super bright. Yeah. So you get a sense of their relative strengths. Mm-hmm. And then we switch again. And yep. Perrin thinks he sees Pat and Fane. This is Perrin's <gasps> other function is to say, no, to we can't. Pat. And then and to be like, Pat and Fane. I know. Oh, God, <laughs> so he Perrin. thinks he sees Pat and Fane. And he leaves the throne room. And then we cut again. Mm-hmm. Back to Balzaman and Rand. Yep. And Balzaman is like telling Rand what to do. He almost... We almost get like the void in the flame here, but not quite. Yeah, from which I, was I thought was very strange. It. Yeah, to for it to come from, it's such a formative Tam thing. Yeah, yeah. That it's I like if this is the show, I'm not mad at what the show is doing. It's just this as a book reader is hard for me to yes. disassociate from yeah. Tam. Yeah, because it's like it's very similar where he's like empty your mind, da da da. But doesn't he say like only think of your wants? Well, yeah. So that's the big difference between that's why I said it's almost the void in the flame but not quite because yeah. in the void there's no want there's yes. like no there's no emotion at all and what Balzaman is teaching Rand to do is to turn all of his feelings into one feeling which is want yeah and then to like want something so badly and pour all of his power into that wanting to make it real mm-hmm. um 
And we see, I do love how this is consistent throughout the show is when we see the one power, it comes from outside of the person in question and then into them and through them. Yeah. Which I, they're channeling. Because they're channeling. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like we know it comes from not inside of them. It comes <laughs> and like what they can do is based on like what their like ability to like how much of it can they control and you know their capacity I guess is what it is right um but it's not like an internal thing which I really appreciate anyway so and it's all white again it's all white it takes a minute for it to start to go black mm-hmm. and uh and and then we and we switch back to Balsamon and Moiraine and he's like oh she's he's channeling and you don't even know what he's doing and she's yes. like really pushing on that knife. Oh, I liked that. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And then quick cut Amelisa is like taking more power through the women and it's starting to look like it's maybe too much. Mhm. And then we quick cut again back to the throne room where uh, the two Shinaran, Faldaran, whatever soldiers have, like, Parrot and Loyal are not on the screen anymore. Um, it's just them hauling out the case of the Horn of Valir. And yes. then they hear that distinctive fade sound. Ooh. 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 And then we cut again back to Balsamon and Rand. And Rand is channeling at the baby. Yep. And then we cut again. <laughs> yep. And now we have Amelisa and the badass lightning shockwave situation. Which was very cool. That was, I like, as skeptical as I am about, like, what is it that Amelisa can do, this was pretty cool. Yeah, it looked, <laughs> cool. th- but this is what I mean, is, like, this scene, the impact of this scene, I'm not saying that it was lessons, cause I, lessened, but I, like, because I don't think it was, but I do think it could have been greater had it been the main focus yes. without all of these like teeny tiny yes. cuts building yeah. up to it. Totally. Totally. And you know, the, but also so that she's, they're using an immense amount of power. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's pushing this shockwave out and it's, you know, Trollocs are like blowing up all around her um, and there's lightnings, you know, killing more of them. But the women, you see one of them is starting to like, Burn. burn up yeah which from- they tell us frequently in the books that if you use too much of the power you burn up from the inside out yeah so we're literally seeing what that looks like it's gross side note it's, <laughs> it's horrible it's not pretty nope <laughs> and then we switch back to Balsamon and rand mm-hmm. and rand starts to like turn around and you can see that he is channeling Ooh. into the Sa'angria. Yes! And, like, Balsamon starts to get this, like, concerned look on his face. It's so satisfying. It's so good. Oh, and this line, Preeti. This line. Say it. The whole time. Okay, so the whole time Balsamon <laughs> is like, think about what you want. Make it real. And Rand is like, what about what she wants? Oh! <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. Chills. I get chills. I get chills. Because he's been, he has also, like, barring his, like, he has his frustration and he has his anger around the situation, but he has been consistent in, like, after he gets past the, the, like, initial disappointment for himself. Yeah. He is on board with what Egwene wants. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it is so good. So he has this whole little speech about, like, you know, how, like, he wants this. But, but he she's knows never she, wanted it. This is not what she wants. And he knows that the woman that he loves, like, she, the woman who wants this is not the woman yes. that he loves. Oh, I'm, oh. I do have chills. I will say, okay, I will say that this moment, for me, mm-hmm. justified what I was talking about last episode with how they've, like, 
sort of maintained that love relationship instead of letting it go. Yeah. I he needed it for this. If you were going to do, again, if you're going to do it this way, that does justify that choice to me. Yes. So I agree with you. I do wonder how they're going to move past oh, it because this I is so formative. So many feelings about like, what happens next. I, I mean, don't know how they're going to do it. No, I agree. But I and will like, be impressed. <laughs> I, I also want to point out, so this sequence where he's like starting to, you know, change sides as it were. And like, there's a lot of like dramatic spinning shots around yeah. him and it's switching back and forth between sort of Real the dream and world <laughs> and the, and the pit world. Um, and what's, what was especially interesting to me is that Moirene and Nguyen are sort of in the same spot next to Yeah. Him, which I thought yeah. was super interesting from like a paralleling like mm-hmm. the different meanings that they have for him and like mm-hmm. how they're informing his journey. I did like that choice. That Yeah, I agree. I think the way you put it of like how they inform his journey is really because they're not just – they're not there to – push his story along no they really are there to inform it and change it and shift it in a way that multiple characters experiencing a story together should yeah Yeah. right right and they have their own like they have their own i love this too is that this idea that both of them have their own like wants and goals and and in relationship to him like how that again how they all change each other like i thought it was yeah it was so good that was like a really good moment um and then he releases this, he like says this thing, and then he releases this huge burst of power that, you know, engulfs Baalzaman, and then we get this shot of like this, the seal is now cracked. Yeah. Like visibly like giant white cracks yep. running through it. And Rand is like, I did it. <laughs> this is, I will say, like mental battle, I get it. They went with the like mental battle. Yeah. I was a little sad not to see a fire sword. Listen, I was I confess, I like as much as I love that moment of like what does she want? I I there yeah. I it felt sort of anticlimactic to me. Like yeah. it's just gonna be this one thing. Like he does this one thing. Yeah, and because so- you know what else that does is that he the whole thing that happens in the book is that people see him fighting the Alzaman. Yes. So yes. he is identifiable. As the dragon. Yeah, ish. ish. But, like, there's a general sense. And, like, the Shinarans know who he is because he was in the city. And they, like, they know exactly who the dragon is. And there's this whole... Well, again, sort of, yeah, right? Like, because in, at the beginning of book two, well, they, like, kind, fair. they yeah. kind of know, but they don't really know. That's and fair. like, that's fair. He's sort of like this young lord yeah, that's with yeah. them, but they don't really understand or Still, know what though, his power it, is. Like, there's just, this, yeah, the the battle in, in, in the eye of the world sort of announces to the world like the dragon reborn is here. No, um, I think the battle at the end of book two is what announces oh, is to that, the world. Am I mixing it up? You're mixing it up. You're okay. mixing it up with book two where... Um, Matt blows the horn and there's that battle in the sky that like everybody sees. This is at the end of the eye of the world. What happens is he does fight. It's, it's a little confusing, but like, remember he goes in and there's like a fireplace and it looks like Balzaman has his mom there. Oh, Carrie, I I forgot about that. And like, then they like kind of fight there, but they're also fighting where all the Trollocs are. And that's actually how they defeat the Trollocs. Which is what I wanted out of this too. Honestly, I didn't want Melissa to be the one who calls down the fire. I want the lightning. I wanted it to be ran. But I think this is sort of the show's way of democratizing the power which they have been mm. doing throughout the mm. entire season right that's like a fair it point yeah ran like the dragon reborn matters but the dragon reborn is just 
a piece of the story yes. the show is telling. Yeah. So they can't give it all to Rand. That said, I it was a little bit more anticlimactic than I wanted it to be. Yeah. Like I would have liked that final moment to mm-hmm. be bigger and greater. And again, is this thing where I'm like, how much of this was for expediency right. versus story? Because also they make such a big deal about him bringing the sword and then he doesn't use it. He doesn't use it. And, and you know, this is all, this can all be kind of rolled up into what Moiraine says in, in just a little while where she's like, this wasn't the last battle, well, this sure. was the first, right? Yeah. But it felt kind of. No, I agree. I, I agree with you. I think this would have benefited, uh, this season would have benefited from like one more episode yeah, yeah. to give everything more time and to give this moment the grandeur that I think it deserves yeah. with the buildup that they they were giving us. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So anyway, so okay, so he's like, I did it. <laughs> and <laughs> then and then we cut back to Perrin who's like walking through the fortress trying to find Pad and Fane. He finds a bat instead. Ugh. He gets scared because the bat flies at his face. He hears screams and swords. He turns around. He rushes back. The soldiers are dead. Fane is like in the process of ki- of like stabbing Loyal in the chest. I was like, and like if they fucking kill Loyal. I am going to fucking riot. Oh my god! I I I I have. I mean, my notes are just like question mark exclamation mark. I will say there is an interview that we will link to in the show notes with Rafe Judkins that uh, John Negroni did. I, I believe it's on TV Line. Um, it is on TV Line. And Loyal is not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. I, I want everyone to feel Spoilers. as relieved as I am, but he's not dead. That is a big relief because I was going to write some angry letters. I like, <laughs> I was just like, you can't give me this amazing Loyal and then take him away. Agreed. Two episodes later. Agreed. Come on now. That's just, that's dirty pool. Like, don't do that. We still need to see the thigh high boots. <laughs> He can't be gone yet. I forgot about that. Never forget the thigh high boots. Oh my goodness. All right. So then we cut back to the women um, because apparently they have killed all the Trollocs, but Amelisa cannot stop channeling. Like she's caught in some loop. She cannot stop. Uh, And then this is really intense. So everybody's starting to like burn up from the inside. And Nynaeve like crawls on top of Egwene. Because Egwene has fallen at this yes. point. And Nynaeve is down on her knees and like crawls over and it like looks like she's like shielding basically yeah. Egwene with her own body and power. And she reprises the line from episode oh, one with the women's circles. Like to be a woman is always alone and never alone, et cetera, et cetera. Which I was like, do I feel like this is earned? Like, I don't know. I guess so. Uh, I it's, think it's, it's kind fine. I think it's earned. It's I think fine. I I have my theories on why this scene exists, mm. um, which we can get to in a moment. Yeah. We'll so, come back to it. Right. Okay. So, uh, so that's happening. And then Amelisa finally stops channeling basically because she has burned herself out. And you yep. watch her face go from like sort of a face with some Bernie stuff to like full on charred. charred. And then that happens to Nynaeve. Yeah. Nynaeve, yes, also basically looks like she is. Also, she dies. She dies. It looks like she dies. And then we cut, and then I was like, I have literally Which I was, Nynaeve dead? Question mark, question yes, mark, question mark. Yes, same. Like, uh, like, 
Like, what? What? What is happening? Uh, and then we cut back to Patton Fane, who has the dagger. Yeah, this I was like, I and needed it. I needed that scene. Yeah. I needed the scene of him getting the dagger. Yes, because like what? What the last time we saw it, Moiraine had it, and then she gave it to Lan. Right? It's all like wrapped I up think, in a cloth, and they're I in think, Tar. Yeah, they're in yeah. Tarvalon. I and so now suddenly Pattenfane has the dagger, and he's giving his villain speech. Yep. He's monologuing. He's monologuing. He's like, "Oh, did you think I would go to the two rivers? Like, uh, for any other reason? Blah blah blah." And then he explains, like, the five of you are all Taverin. Mm -hmm. You. He says it though in a very interesting way. Like the way I wish I'd written it down. I I watched this episode at like one in the morning. Yeah. Um. But he says something like the wheel, the pattern, like. You are focal points of the pattern mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting way to define Taverin. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's he says that, you know, they sent the Trollocs not to kill them, but to bring them yeah. to the Dark One. And that and then he goes on and we've heard this before too, about the wheel needing balance. Like we heard yes. this from yeah, Dana. I'm nervous I about this. Say, oh yeah, no, I agree. He's like, some of you will be light, but some of you will be dark yes. because it's all about balance. And right. I hate that. And so and in the while he is monologuing, and Perrin, of course, is just standing there. Um while he's monologuing at Perrin, we're cutting between like Rand in the seal, the yep. women on the plane, and we get this cut as he says, "Some of you will turn to the dark." And of Matt. Matt, who looks like he's walking in Shadar Lagoth. They, yeah. Well, I is it Shadar Lagoth? I couldn't. That's tell. what it looked like. I to was me. too busy being like, "Is that Barney Harris?" <laughs> it's he has his cloak up and he's got he's very beardy and his hair is in his face so it is hard to tell it, it's um, a little difficult to tell I think it is but I couldn't I really could not tell the reason I, I if, thought it was uh, Shadar Lagoth is because I saw remember I made that joke about it looking like the Flatiron building oh yeah 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 that's you what I saw that you saw that yeah I just I'm gonna be so upset if oh. they make Matt dark like I'm I'm gonna be so upset I agree with you. I think it's his. I think Matt's darkness is much overblown so far. The show I'll has agree. not given us any real like when he was under the influence of da- the dagger. Sure, but this whole line that just like because his family's poor and his dad's an asshole, he's a dark person. Like, like I don't, I don't get it. I know it's ridiculous. There's I. I object. I really hope that's not true. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's this, but it is. It's this whole intense monologue about how, like, the wheel needs balance. One of the, some of them will turn to the dark, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Perrin picks up a... Well, that Perrin... doesn't happen quite yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, and so then we go back to Moiraine and Rand, and he says... No, she says, you can't go back. And he's like, obviously, I'm not going back. <laughs> Duh. Duh. And but he, he tells her, he's like, tell them I died here, right? Yeah, yeah, because he says he felt the madness. And so he, like, Ugh. he's not going to go back. So he says, yes, do me a favor. Tell them I died. And she goes, she's like, well, I can't lie. He's like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> oh poor buddy and he's and she asks him where's he gonna go and he doesn't say and like i have some issues with this too that we'll get to that in the next bit um and that's this is when we switch back to pat and fane saying this is the beginning not the end like Rand yep. clearly thinks this is the end yep. but it's but pat and fane is like nope this is the beginning not the end this is when parent picks up the axe and this is when i hate this line too pat and fane is like oh how quickly you turned into dark it's like no what picking up an axe is not turning to the dark yeah right like i i just i feel like they're like 
oversimplifying in a way that doesn't yes. make sense. Yes. So because we'll everybody, see. lots of people have picked up swords in the name of good in this right? show so far. So to be like, oh, well, Perrin picking up an axe means that he's turning to the dark. It and doesn't guess, make any sense. I guess you could make an argument for like maybe Fane is like trying to get in his head or something. But like it doesn't feel like that's what the show is. No, doing. I agree. It does not feel like that's what the show is doing. And, and I, it's confusing. And I think this is where I really see... I really feel like even with Loyal being like, if you don't know what to do, ask. Like, yeah. it just hasn't, because Perrin is still a completely paralyzed character. No, I And it's agree. not interesting to watch. It's not compelling or engaging. Like, you don't feel for him. It's just incredibly frustrating um, to, you know, because I think there was a way to show a thoughtful person who is used to being the biggest and strongest person around and therefore has had to be careful about seeming to be violent torn between yeah no I agree they didn't examine it no and they could have and they could have but they they didn't didn't. and I feel like that's what they thought they were doing but I don't feel like it worked I agree I agree so it's like intense frustration and then and Pat Vane says this thing about how all five of them have a part to play which is our signal as to why the fades aren't attacking Perrin nobody's trying to kill him like they're just Mm -hmm. walking away with the horn and Perrin just stands there like he's he almost moves but yeah. he hesitates and then he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's big not, inaction Ugh, it's so frustrating so then okay oh right we're back to moiraine who is sitting by herself on the ugh, seal holding these chunks of like the shattered quendiar 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 and land shows up land finally <laughs> He was banished to the blight. They put him in Tupperware for a little while. Now he's allowed out again. Uh, and she says Rand is gone. Oh, man. This next part, though, Preeti. Oh, uh, I know. Brutal. Oh, brutal. So, yeah. So, Lan is like, okay, well, unmask the bond. Like, let me back in. And she, oh, my God. Oh. She says she can't. Oh. And she says the dark one, she says, she starts to say the dark one, she stops. And then she says something like, I can't touch the source. Yep. And it, I, I, I will tell you that I was like, did they still her? Like, have they stilled my rain? And I, I went do. back uh-huh. and I watched that bit of the Logan episode where they still him. And I'm going to go with she's just shielded. I think shielded. I don't think she's still. Yeah, because when you see the scene, and again, not that it has to be the same, but like I'm hoping that the show is going to be consistent about these things. When you see them stilling Loghain, all of the power goes out of him, mm-hmm. which, and that's not what we saw with Moiraine. We saw Moiraine, the power, the power go into inside. her. And, and then she can't, but she can't touch it. So that implies to me that she is shielded by the dark one with no, obviously like, how are you going to unravel the dark one's shield? Like, this is a huge fucking problem. And I really, I have all caps. What is happening? Like, I really don't know where they're going with this. So I think, well, okay, let's, let's go to the next scene. Okay first okay so then we cut back to faldara Perrin is standing on the balcony and looking out over the plane then we cut down to Egwene is crying over Nynaeve and clearly trying to heal her like she's yeah. got her hands in this like position and mm-hmm. she's like come back come back come back and then she does she manages to channel and Nynaeve heals so I think Egwene is gonna heal uh Moiraine oh, I think Egwene because 
I do remember something happening later on in the books, and I'm not going to say anything, mm. but having to do with Egwene. Okay. And okay. I think that this is going to be the ways, the show's way of showing us how powerful she is. Mm. Because that's one thing. While Egwene has been shown to be smart. Yes. And savvy and uh-huh. have a great instinct and be very brave. Yeah. We haven't seen how powerful she is. That's true. All of the emphasis has been on Nynaeve's power. Yeah. So I think this is going to be the show's way of being like, no, Egwene is also a great force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because this is the other thing I think people are going to be divided on. Was Nynaeve dead or not? I don't think, I think she was. I think she died. Or I, she, I don't know. I now don't I don't like know. The idea I did. That you can bring people back from the no, dead. No, because power. the whole thing, there's a whole thing with Rand where right, he exactly. tries it and it it's goes gross. very poorly. Yeah, I don't want to. So maybe that she to be was not thing. dead. Maybe she was just being healed. She was like mostly dead. Mostly dead. Like, like mostly dead. He was mostly, mostly a dead. There's difference between dead and mostly dead. <laughs> so I'm going with mostly dead. <laughs> <laughs> to blade. <laughs> <laughs> to play, to bluff. He owes you money. It's like, oh my God. Liar. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Okay, we'll come back. We'll come back. All we'll right. come back. We're back. <laughs> so then we got Durand walking through like mountainy areas, looking back on the blight, looking back on Faldara, and then walking off. Yep. Like very like lone tragic figure. <laughs> this also, I I I don't I can't like the idea that Moiraine would just let him wander off. But we've never met a Moiraine who has had her power taken away. Well, okay. Yeah, fair. That's not the Moiraine. Like, yes, book Moiraine? Never. No way, right? No and like this Moiraine who's like, I will do what it takes yeah, to but get this the dragon Moiraine, to the last battle. No, this Moiraine said she would give up her life for it. She would die for it. There is a difference between dying and losing power. Well, I, of course, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about she knows. Like she No, sense- but she yes, but she I don't think she could fathom what it would mean to have that taken away from her. Mm. Like I think we saw her more emotional and more broken than we've seen her the entire season. Well, I will agree with that. And so to me it's like she was not when she says I can't yeah. Was to me her being like, I'm not in a position to help this kid. Mm. Interesting. So like, I don't know. Interesting. Well, yeah. So, right. So Lan and Moiraine are talking. Um, we cut from Rand to Lan and Moiraine. And Lan is like, what do you have there? And she says, it's Quendiar. Yep. And, you know, and Lan's like, I thought nothing could break the heartstone, including the power. And she says, that's what I thought, too. Um, and then we get this line, this is this is not the last battle. It's the first one. And <sighs> then... Ugh. <laughs> I'm so upset about this. I actually... I didn't hate this as much as I thought I was going to. No, I don't hate any part of the visuals at all. Okay, okay. You just hate that this is happening. Yes. Okay, fair enough. So we cut <laughs> to an, like a beach that's right behind some mountains. It says like the western. The far western shore. The far shore. western shores. Yep, right? yep. And it's an empty beach. There's one little girl playing on the beach or like gathering shells or something. And she's looking out to sea. And you hear these birds like freaking out. And there's this line of ships. 
and it's the Shanshin. The Shanshin uh, have entered the chat. Like, God. And, 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 it you know. It looks cool as it shit, looks man. Co- it looks so cool. Like, they have the insect helmets, and the sails are red, and the boats have, like, lion head and brows. Like, and dom- Wait, I don't remember which is which. The I, I can't remember the d- domain and the Saldam, or however you want to say it. They, we, we see them. They like, come whoever, out. Yep. Like, whoever is, like, the the ones who are using the power, yes. who are bound to their their mistresses or whatever have yeah. these like gold like things in their mouth yeah so i thought this was an interesting choice because you know in the books obviously it's the collar and the yes. leashes and i think i think it was a smart choice to not do that i agree i think it Wholeheartedly. was a really smart There's choice so much baggage oh, with that imagery so much that I, this makes it this like what like what we've been saying was like the show is not the show is very deliberately, I think, not leaning and in, into any sort of real world allegory yeah. where they can help it. Right. And so, yeah, to make it these like mouthpieces that clearly are like, it looks uncomfortable as hell. Yes. Um, and it uh, implies that they are voiceless in the like, which, you know, is, is very interesting, yeah. right? From like a, from a control perspective. So we see the, the, con- the handlers, I guess is the word I'm going to use, which is a way too nice word for them, but whatever. Yes. Um, doing like this, like chanty thing and making some motions. And then we see the women who can channel making some hand motions, but they can't say anything. And then they make these like, dippy hand motions and then they raise up the tsunami um Mm -hmm. which you know you see rushing at the little girl we know what happens next there um there's a lot of face paint yeah which is interesting uh it's you know i don't know the visuals are stunning i i guess i was just so relieved that they had made an interesting choice about how to represent the domain and the like so much i agree though i agree i I, I just you know i agree i know i was like i don't know if i like some part of me was like maybe they'll just write that out (laughs) and figure out a way around it but clearly they can't i would have been on board with that but they did not make that choice so uh yeah so i guess you know, I, I, you know, listen, I was like listening to us sort of in my head talk about this. Yeah. And clearly there was a lot of things we liked. Right? I think we liked way more than we didn't like. And I think they made some really cool choices in terms of like storytelling, structuring and like POV switches, even if they overdid it in some perspectives. Um, and I think that I guess I guess I just really I, I don't I don't feel I, I like the word is maybe satisfied. I, like I, I like things like things were so drastically different than what I was expecting, which I I don't I'm not necessarily opposed to, but because it was such a jarring mm-hmm. experience to watch as like from like okay like knock down all my expectations, but it's like okay, but at least like I wanted certain things to feel more resolved, and they don't. So this is where this idea of the fact that Jetkins has eight seasons mapped out. Yeah, yeah. It is, to me, he is very clearly telling a whole story yeah. and is not looking at seasonal, necessarily like seasonal arcs or mm. seasonal closures um, because it is one whole story the way he's approaching it. He has <laughs> literally <laughs> reweaved. I absolutely made that joke in a DM (laughs) and I don't regret reusing it. Um, But he has taken these strands of story from all of the books. Like he did. That's what this whole first season was, right? Yeah. Him picking pieces 
of books one through like or like new spring through book four yeah and putting them in a new way like I was talking to somebody about it who was like really frustrated that the show was not closer to what the books are Mm. and I'm treating it in my head like sort of like Hitchhiker's Guide where you have the books Hitchhiker's Guide you have the radio show Hitchhiker's Guide you have the movie Mm -hmm. you have the tv show and they're all from the same space like same place yeah. but they are all wildly different yes right and, uh, yeah sorry go ahead no 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 that's, that's that's kind of where it's where i'm coming at it from so it's like i actually think after our conversation i really liked it like i liked the finale more than i thought i did because i think there was they were really thoughtful in the way that they approached things i think they changed it in really interesting and exciting ways and in a way that I don't know what's coming next. Yeah, and I don't I I I appreciate that and I do think that it makes sense for Judkins to be like this isn't we're going to do things different here. Like this is not this is not going to be you know, even remotely the same. Um, whereas before it was like, oh, this is like, you know, it's different, but it's pretty similar in a lot of ways. And now it's like, nope, we're not pretty similar anymore. No. Like we're doing really different things here, which again, like I feel, I don't object to that necessarily. Like I, I agree with you, especially the Hitchhiker's analogies, I think is a good one. Um, I just, the fact that I was left still feeling like I don't know what I feel like about this mm-hmm. is the part that I, yeah, I just, it's, there's certain, it's, like, the, it doesn't add up somehow for me. I, I it, think it, there's so many interesting things. And like, I, like I said, I loved the random Moiraine stuff. I loved various pieces of it, but like, it didn't feel, I don't know. I can't get it to stick together in my head. I think maybe what it requires is for for people who do have a deep sort of connection to the to the books and the world of the books and the depth of the books mm-hmm. is like a significant paradigm shift. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. Like that's really hard to ask of viewers, but I don't I I wonder too if it's not sort of more related to what you just said about the arc because you know a finale arc right like mm-hmm. a, a, a season arc I guess is the is the right way to say it like usually gives you some some closure and then leaves other doors wide open right and I don't feel like I got any real yeah, closure this, here this I think also a piece of it is a result of having a battle that didn't have the impact we wanted it to have. Yeah, yeah. Like that was like that anticlimactic piece of it, mm. I think, is a big, big part of it, actually. Yeah. Like imagine if that had been a, like a more sustained yeah. fight or like yeah. there had been actual action mm-hmm. versus the sort of like mental battle that happened. Yeah. Um, uh, there so I might think that's been, what it is then. Because right? I'm on board with like – them making it their own as long as the choices are interesting and again with some glaring exceptions there are interesting choices happening yeah i think the majority of the choices are actually interesting then it's just that the ones that are not interesting or that don't work like really don't <laughs> they work. really don't work it's true but yeah this that i didn't get that like feeling that i was looking for from this episode is where i'm struggling and with I, it so like i wonder if part of it though is like so okay the first book does have a very like clear ending yeah there's a clear even the second book has a clear ending Mm. like all the books have these like that you're building up Mm -hmm. to something yeah but because the show has to reinterpret the story and re uh like 
not reorder it, but kind of reorder it and kind of like pull things in that were way ahead and pull them back to being now. They can't have that same build up. I don't know. In the show. People do for, it in shows all that. the time. Huh? Like I, I don't need the I don't need the closures to be the same. I just need that same feeling, right? I think is what but I'm, I'm wondering if that's sort of where the thinking is. Yeah, maybe because I feel like you know I hate to we I hate to compare it to Game of Thrones, but I feel like season one of Game of Thrones did do that. Like it gave you you know other things were going to happen, but there was this sense of like oh dang, like that's where all this was leading to. Um, I really think it comes down to the lack of impact of the battle. Okay, fair enough. Because then. there yeah. is closure there. Yeah. Like, there is. Well, that's true. It like, doesn't we, feel like it. It doesn't feel like closure because yeah. it doesn't feel like a big enough moment right, right. to have warranted the, the build yeah. for the seven seasons, before okay. the seven episodes before it. All right. Because we do get closure. Yeah. Like, we have, yeah. like, Rand defeats him. Right. Rand goes off. right. Right. right? Like, there is a moment of success and a moment of, like, winning. Yeah. yeah. For, for all of it, it's just the moment between Rand and the and Balzaman mm-hmm. just wasn't big enough. Yeah. Maybe. No, I think, I think you've nailed it. I think that's my issue. So, yeah, there we go. We did it. <laughs> we, we watched all, all eight episodes. We, I think, I think largely after the first season, I can say that I overall really really like it like i am on board i am very excited to see where it goes next even though i'm going to hate every (laughs) second of the sunshine yeah i can't wait to hear how they pronounce that word and (laughs) fair and and i will say that i am planning on rewatching the whole thing together like back to back to back over my break to like put you know together the pieces that i feel i'm curious to see how that goes because i just i think that honestly like I think the more I watch it, the more I like it, even with obviously my stated reservations and frustrations. Um, but I'm curious to see when I do it all at once, does it feel different? Um, but I wouldn't be doing that if I hated it. So here we are. Like, right. I, I, I think I'm still 80, 20. I think I'm still 80, 20. Yeah. Which is a good I, place I, to be. Like, I'm, I might I'm on be board. like, yeah. I feel like I'm like at a 87, 13. Yeah. All right. Maybe. Fair like enough. maybe <laughs> like on the cusp of like a 90, 10. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see like what overall. in the next season. Yeah. Finale, I think overall, after talking about it, I like it. Like, I like it a lot, actually. Mm, like, okay. I really, I think there was a lot. You know what it was? I think the, the finale had excellent character work. Yes. Yes. Like, I think that's what I'm responding to. Like, I think the character work, and obviously in particular for Rand and Moiraine, mm-hmm. and even for, like, uh, Egwene to an extent. Sure. And yeah. Nynaeve to an extent is very good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I feel like Egwene and Nynaeve got much character Too work. Too a little bit. They got action. A little they bit. They didn't get character work. Like a little bit of character work. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We're here at the end. And now we'll be back for the, the television show stuff next, next year after reading hopefully four more books. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how many we make it through. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they just get longer. Yeah. They do. That's true. That's a fact. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, we will pick back up in January with a new spring. Uh, book recap episodes will air every other Wednesday. You can follow along with the conversation at hashtag Tarvalon or bust. Um, I think probably we haven't talked about this mm. and have not scheduled anything, but I think <laughs> probably we'll aim to get the first episode up the 
second, second Wednesday. The second mm-hmm. Wednesday because I haven't – I don't even know where the, the new spring is. It's here <laughs> in my house. I just – I don't know where it is. Yeah, second Wednesday. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, big shout-out to our Patreon supporters. Oh, but in between then and now, we will do a call-in episode. So you will get to hear uh, some of your, oh, right. you know, responses and reactions. Yeah, it'll be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Also, we have a question for uh, Patreon supporters, which we asked on Patreon um, about kind of community. So if you haven't had a chance to go look at the latest blog post, like, please go check it out and and give us any guidance you might have. Indeed, indeed. Uh, So, okay. So, yes. So big shout out to our aforementioned Patreon supporters, Has Matilda, Mary G, Akil A, Gretchen W, Clista R, Caroline P, Joe E, James K, Mathis, Joseph S, Ryan M, Sarah Rebecca, Kelly T, Helen D, Joshua M, Michael D, Dre, M Lethem, Janae H, Jennifer P, Peace Vulcan, Rio W, Christina G, Chaitali S, Charlie E, Arcade, Stephen S, James, Barry Q, Ruth A, Catherine, Jetlag Jessica. Support your local library, Sam S, David U, Amy R, Maradim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Sirius G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. And you can join us over at Tar... Nope, that's not the address. It's <laughs> patreon.com slash tarvalon or bust. <laughs> and a big thank you to Brian Dunn, fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at Music.net, and that is Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. If you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate it if you left a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other people find the show, and we really, really like reading them. (laughs) It's true, we do. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on social, like Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or TikTok, all those places, at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. Um, you can also find me co-hosting Desi Geek Girls along with Swapna Krishna. We actually just put up an episode where I got to interview Priyanka Bose, who plays <gasps> Alana. Yes. Um, and so that went up this week, so you can check that out. She was delightful. Oh my god, I can't um, wait to listen to that. Yeah, and you can obviously pre-order my book, Spider-Man Social Dilemma, wherever you buy your books. Do it, do it, Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, this oh wait no I should tell you where where I am in social okay, yeah so. where are you <laughs> doing really well nobody well. cares where I am on social that's not true <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Jen IRL J E N N I R L or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL and this episode is not the ending there are neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time but it is an ending goodbye. 